Welcome to the Marian Message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. Each week we'll hear God's Word explored by Dr. Henry M. Meadows Jr. as he preaches from the pulpit of Marian Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. We pray that this message will be a blessing and further your walk with God. Let's join him now. So I'm going to just recap real quick. I'm sort of finishing up because last week, as you know, I sort of stopped after point one and felt like the Spirit told me to just sort of shut it down right there. So I want to finish it up because I believe the next two points are worthy uh, of our uh, looking at and, and hearing and talking about. Because I want to make sure you get the whole picture of this thing about Abraham and the obedience of faith. So if you would, if you have your copy of God's Word, and by the way, I preached on that a little bit this morning because last Sunday I finished it up in early morning, but I didn't finish up you guys. And I talked about the necessity of bringing your Bible. And I know there are some... I can have it right here on my phone. Here's my thought, and I finally was able to put it in words this morning. But you know the problem with having it on your phone or something? If you're watching it on your phone and something comes up and you see you got a text message from somebody else, what's your temptation to do? Well, let me just see what such as that has to say. You ought to have your copy of God's Word. Let's stand at the reading of God's Word out of reverence and, and love. Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Father, Help us to live our faith out, to not only hear it, receive it, but to apply it. And so, God, I just thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for the fact of grace. Lord, we love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Quickly, I want to go through this. Last week, I talked about that the obedience of faith, as you're talking about the faith of your life, it sort of decides the place where you're going to do ministry. And so I talked about this truth that, that God had moved in the life of Abram, made him Abraham, and he called him to go out. But I, want, I did a little more study, and I went a little deeper this week. And when you get to that point where it says that he, he was called, it liter, a literal translation is, as he was being called. So somewhere at the very beginning of that call of Abraham, Abraham immediately said, I'll go wherever you send me. So here was my question, as I'm just recapping real quick. How do you get that faith? That no matter what God says or where God leads or where God calls, how do you get to the place in your life that you can just say, I'll go and not hesitate? I believe I found it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. You can flip there real quick. Here's what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. So it's in that process of your salvation when God's calling you to a ministry. By the way, everyone he, he saves and he does the saving. We do the sinning. He does the saving. Everyone that he saves through repentance and faith, he then gives you this opportunity to serve and he wants to live in you. And he, changes, and he gifts you with certain things. The Spirit specifically gifts you with some certain things. So one thing about it, you ought to know your spiritual gifts. And so that he says, listen, you were this person. Now you're this person as a new creation, and you have the right and the ability 
to follow me if you'll allow it yourself. But then you may say, well, preacher, how do I come to the understanding of that? Well, I'm glad you asked that too. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. So he says, in all this process, I want you to notice something. All you have to be is the vessel. God is the potter. And he says, I'll mold you and I'll make you and I'll lead you and I'll guide you to the very place that I want. And then if you would just do that and you would put yourself, by the way, the word obey there means to hear under. If you would subordination, if you would just be subordinate to what he calls you to and apply what he calls, he'll show you the place. That was all last week. I thought I did a pretty good job quickly getting through that. Now I want to get you to this week. So not only does the obedience of, of faith decide our place, it is defined by a promise. That's what he says here. Notice what he says. He went out, and it's verse 9, by faith he went to live in the land of promise. That's an assurity. That is something that you can foundationally build upon. The problem with the most believers in a church is we don't have a promise. Oh, we know about them. We sing about them. We, I, mean, very, I mean, even last Sunday, what did we sing? Standing on the promises of God my Savior. How many of us really do that? Let's just be honest. We worry about what they do in Washington so much more than we worry about what the Bible says. We worry about what this person says about us, but we don't worry about what God says to be the truth. He says, I want you to stand on my promises. Abraham left not knowing. Only thing he knew was he left on a promise that there was a land. Foreshadowing, y'all, we live for a land too. You guys get where I'm going with that? But listen, in this promise, I wrote this down. I said, you have to decide in your life who you're going to believe. Who are you going to place your faith in? You're going to place your faith in God or the world. You, you can live on, on God's promises or you can live on the world's lies. There's no in between. It's one or the other. Preacher, how can you say that? Here's how. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Go to the Gospel of Matthew. In verse 24, we read these words. Matthew 7, starting at verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Did you catch that? There's the application of point one. Whoever hears them and does them. Faith without works is dead. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded upon the rock. That's why Jesus says he is the chief cornerstone. You build it upon his truth that he'll never leave us, and I'm going to deal with these in a minute, never leave us, don't forsake us. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You don't have to worry about, are there shifting sands in Jesus? No, they're not, are there? Hello? No, there's not. He's the same. If he said it in his word, it's still true today. Y'all all right? But that's the person, if you write in your Bibles, and there's nothing wrong with that, you could write right there, the promise of God. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You know, you really can tell who somebody is, not on the mountaintops, but in the valleys. You hear me? Character is not proven and lived out on the mountaintop. It is when you have nothing. What, do you, what happens when you have nothing? What happens when there's nothing, when the storms are coming and the rain is there and everything's going? What do you do? I preached this morning at early morning because I had to have something different. I preached on Peter walking on the water. I mean, what great faith. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. And Jesus said, come. It was the same storm. The storm wasn't any different. But the closer he got, the problems of the world seemingly weighed in on him. And those waves seemingly got bigger. And the next thing you knew, what did he do? Took his eye off Jesus. And what happened? He began to sink. Lord, save me. What happens when you face storms of your life? What happens when you get a phone call from the doctor? What happens when you get a phone call from somebody else that something tragic has happened? Do you blame God or do you run to God? Do you try to live out in the world says you have a right to be mad? Or do you run to Jesus because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm right here. I love Malachi chapter 3. I, the Lord, change not. What, what do you do? Which do you look to? What do you run to? And even for Abraham, man, the promise really wasn't for him. If you go to um, of Acts chapter, flip there, Acts chapter 7, you know the promise came in Genesis chapter 12. But then in Acts chapter, chapter 7, when Stephen is, is giving a recounting, really what he's doing, he's talked to him, but he's recounting their, the Jewish faith and the beginnings. And then he, he says this, it really wasn't for him. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham, starting in verse 1 in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said, Go out from your land and from your kindred into the land I will show you. Then he left from the land of the Chaldee and lived in Haran. And after his father died, God removed him from there into this land in which you are now living. Yet he gave him no inheritance in it. This life is not it, y'all. Hello? This, uh, let me tell you, this life is not it. This life is full of pains and problems, persecutions and problems. 
Just because you're feeling good this minute does not mean you're going to be good in the next minute. There's going to be things that will rip your feet out from under you and you'll fall on your face. The question is, what happens when you fall? Because it's not how many times you fall. How many times do you get up and continue to face the Savior? What promise are you holding on to today? If your world fell apart today, how would your life look the very next minute? How would it look? Yet we want to blame God. Isn't it weird we never blame the world? We never blame cancer. We never blame the enemy. We never blame that. We blame God. You know why? Because deep down somewhere where we don't like talk about, we think God should just be good to us. I never read that in Scripture. God will be faithful to us. Let me give you some promises, and I've talked about a bunch of them. Let me give you where they're at. Hebrews chapter, go back to Hebrews. And look at chapter 13. You ought to put an asterisk beside them. You ought to write them in the front of your Bible, man, so you can get to them quick. You know you got them white pages at the first part of your Bible, man? It's a good place to write down some notes in. You ever thought about that? Just a thought. I've got, if you look at my Bible, I've got quotes in it from, from Dan Amos, from Bruce, from Drew, from Ed Pope, Terry St. John, Herb Rev. I've got notes just for times when I need them. In all, every Bible I got. Passages of Scripture that I need to hold on to in times. Here they are. Hebrews 13, 5, at the very end of it, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't it, all, isn't it good to have somebody that you know will never walk out on you? Jesus Christ, this is verse 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the reason when people say, man, this book, this book ought to be evolving, and this book ought to be... No, no, no. This book never evolves. Amen, period. Hello? It will not evolve. Society might, quote, unquote, I would argue we're devolving. But anyway, let's not get into that discussion today. This will never change. Because the one who it is never changes. Then look over at verse 20. Now, may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. I love this. Listen to what he says. Remember, we talked about in, verse, in the first point about he decides your place, and this is why he decides your place. He will equip you, verse 21, equip you with everything good that you may do his will. Notice he never says our will. Some of you are so bent up and passionate about your will, you never stop and think about the will of the Father. What I want to do in my life, what if it's not what Jesus has for you to do? What if he's ready to equip you for something else? We spend so much time doing being our own selfish, stingy, self-righteous, self-serving, self-independent people. We never run to the Savior. 
He'll equip you to, with everything good that you may do His will, working in us, which is pleasing in His sight. Through Jesus Christ. There's one. Go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace, don't you just love that? Remember what I've always said? I don't have very many original thoughts, but I have a few. And one of my few original thoughts, I believe it's original, I'm going to claim it that way, is this. Peace is not the absence of war. It's the presence of God. That's what peace is. Because he's the prince of peace. He's the God of peace. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you and completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13. When we are faithless... He is faithful. What a truth. You know, we just live on the left side of that comma, don't we? When we are faithless. He is always faithful. Question is, do you believe in the promises of God? Where are you building your house, on the rock or in the sand? But can I give you the ultimate promise of God? I want you to lean in. I'm going to come down here with you because I love you. I want you to lean in real tight, okay? This is going to get us to point three. Here's the ultimate promise of God. You ready? This world is not the end. Amen. This world is not the end. Oh, I'm telling you, there's going to come a day if I live long enough. You're going to read in the newspaper, Hank Meadows, born December 5th, 1969, died, fill in the blank. But here's what I want you to do on that day. I want you to say this. My pastor is not dead. He lives. Because he lives, I can live. How many of us have lost loved ones that we just, even to this day, it just breaks our heart. Yet, though he died, yet shall he live. Hello? Here's the great thing. Let me just throw this out at you. Here's the great thing. We don't have to worry about it. Every other religion. Let me give you some of this. Well, you, you be so good that ultimately you become the nothingness. Oh, that'll bless you. And by the way, if you don't become nothingness, you get coming back and you get, what is that called? Reincarnation. You become a cockroach. I mean, how ridiculous. Or how about this one? The Once it is, well, there's only 144,000. They tried to get enough out of the, out of the Bible. They said 144,000. Well, then all of a sudden, next thing you know, there was more than 144,000 people saved and Jesus had come. So they're like, oh, well, that's the secret kind. That's the secret kind. But we're all just coming in there in heaven right now. And, and by the way, if there's a secret kind, there's no such thing as hell either. Why not? 
Because if there's no hell, you can live however you want. That's what we try to do anyway. Or we want to get to this place called Nirvana. Not the band. I mean, we're going to sit there the whole time and just do that? We don't have, and by the way, all those things, you never know if you're going to make it or not. You never know. But with our faith, notice I didn't say religion. With our faith, hello, you can have a no-so faith. You see, I know I'm going to heaven. I have repented and I believe. Y'all all right? So I'm telling you, when Hank Meadows draws his last breath, I know where I'm going. Now, you may say, well, well how about me? Can I know it? You can know it too. See, Jesus doesn't want you to, to be out there like not knowing, man. That, he doesn't want you all tensed up, man. He wants you in full peace. That whatever you walk through, although it may be difficult, and it'll be worth it. So listen, let me give you this. The last point is driven by perspective. Problem with us is so many of us, we live for this world. We have surgeries. I'm trying to figure out whether I should say this or not. Man, some of these people in Hollywood, they have surgeries. You should have kept your money. We're going to get, I don't want the wrinkles to show. So I get Botox and I get. Bruce, you're mad at me. I can look at your face. You're upset at me that I'm doing this, man. I, I need to move on. <laughs> They're just trying to get out of getting old. I'm like, you cannot. Time wins every time. It's 100%. You can Botox it up, yo. You still going to die when it's your day to die. I mean, you can fill up all your little crow's feet, your little nostrils and your lips and your... Everywhere else you put Botox. <laughs> but when it's your day to die, it's your day to die. This isn't our home. Abraham didn't have hardly the light that we had, yet he obeyed without hesitation. But I want you to look what we have, and then I'm going to end. I'm going to be way ahead of schedule today. There's a good chance for an amen out of somebody that don't like me. But look at John chapter 14. John 14. I, 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 don't, know who, I don't know who said this. I don't know who it was. But beside of my, in my Bible, in my notes, I have a compassionate calming. 
That's what he was doing for, these, for his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't let them, remember I said, don't let them be in an uproar. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take to you myself that where I am, you may be also. Wow, what truth. This is a prepared place for a prepared people by a prepared Savior. What a place. I know it's not the main emphasis, but in Corinthians, Paul wrote, I have not seen, ears not heard, all the glorious things that await us. You get some people, man, we're talking about, listen, I mean, and it's true, man, they're talking about nirvana and, and we talking about, we talking about streets of gold. That's clear. We're talking about perfection. And we get to fall at the feet of Jesus. And we get to love a Savior that loved us and poured his grace out. We get to live truly. Hello, you want to live forever, which is what those people that try to get all that Botox. You know what? I have the key. Hear me. It's faith in Jesus Christ. And I promise you'll live for eternity. And on that side of eternity, when we get our glorified bodies, it won't ever wear out. You won't ever run dry. You won't ever waste away. Y'all, can y'all imagine? Man, I'm 53. There are some days I feel like I'm 103. This morning, I went to get in the shower, and my little toe of my right foot touched the heel of my right foot. I am hurting today. I'm guessing in heaven, if you do that, it won't hurt. I'm telling y'all, I've said it before, man, you, you, sometimes we want the big jobs, but man, the little toe, you don't think nothing about it till you do what I did this morning to it. And then that's all you think about. If y'all watch me walk this morning, I'm walking on the inside of my shoe, trying to keep my toe off the ground. This is not the end. And let me tell you what's going to happen one day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and then I'm done. Done. We're going to have communion. We're going to have our invitation, and then I'm done. First Thessalonians 4, you guys ought to. There are people out there that want to be, you know, they just want to be killjoys. Well, the rapture is not in the church. I don't know how you get anything but the rapture out of this passage. I don't know how you could not get the rapture out of what I just read in John 14. I don't understand how they do that. But we don't want you to be uninformed brothers i love the new king james we don't want you to be ignorant brothers about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope oh my goodness your hope is in jesus y'all it's not in man mankind not gonna fix the mess we're in only jesus for since we believe that jesus died and rose again even so through jesus god will bring with him those who have fallen asleep For this we declare to you by word from the Lord, that we who are alive and are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, he does at hurt. He doesn't send an angel. He comes, gets us himself. 
with the cry, with the command, with the cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, the trump, sound of the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the We will always be with the Lord. Guys, if the Lord tarries, you're going to die. Some of you, I'll be real with you for a minute, okay? Some of you may not have a year left. I'm not just talking about the elderly. I'm talking about possibly me. Some of you may have 10 years. But if you know Jesus... It only gets better. But you make your decision on this side. So you don't get to die and then make your decision. Guys, your perspective is this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. I'll fly away. One glad morning, I'll fly away. Beulah land. Beulah land. That's the perspective you should have. This, in this world, Jesus said, you have trials and tribulations. But I have overcome the world. question is this, have you ever met Jesus as Lord and Savior? Preacher, I don't know how. Really quickly, here it is. Repent of your sins and believe in Jesus. There it is. We want to make it so much more, but the actual act of salvation is that repent, and there's got to be repentance. Where you say, I don't want to live that way no more. I want to change. You turn from sin and self to someone a Savior. Thanks for listening to the Marian Message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. If you would like to know more, you can reach us on our Facebook page or on our website, www.marianbcba.com.